Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by Another Happy Studios. I'm back from my holiday in Greece. I had a good time. Now let's talk Doctor Who. Hello everyone, but mainly Lawrence, who I'm actually talking to. Welcome to Still Got Legs, the podcast where we talk about Doctor Who and discuss each and every episode of the new revival series. My name is Nathan, I'm the main host, and I'm having a wonderful time. Okay. I'll bring myself in then, I guess. I like to imagine someone's, this is the first episode someone's picked up on, and it's just introed by you saying you're back from Greece. Just nothing to do with Doctor Who whatsoever. Every podcast is someone's first podcast, so that is likely. Yeah. Uh, and to that person, I say welcome. Yeah, actually, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to cast judgment on what they, how they would perceive that. Welcome. It's good to have you on board. Uh, are you yes. excited for the future of Doctor Who? They can't answer you back, Lawrence. That's not how podcasts work. You can't talk to them. It's a one-way conversation between us two, but they listen to it. They can't reply. We haven't recorded for two weeks. I've forgotten how this medium works. Lawrence, that's not true. We just spent like three hours talking about the fucking Hunger Games. It's true. It was far too many hours. And now we're here when we should be in bed. But at least, at least, Nathan, at least... We have a good episode to talk about, which we've never spoken about before. Lawrence, I have no idea what you're talking about, because this <laughs> is Series 3, Episode 8. It's called Human Nature. It's written by Paul Cornell, and it's directed by Charles Palmer. Your thoughts? Fantastic. Two men that I'm sure are cool. Lovely stuff. Great. <laughs> Thank you very much. I don't know that. who they are. <laughs> yes, you do. I've said their names before, probably. Um, Lawrence, did you know that this was originally a book? <laughs> did you know that? Do you know, it does ring a bell, Nathan. <laughs> okay. Um, I would love to hear you tell me. 
All right, look, full disclosure. Okay, <laughs> I feel like we have to address this. Before I went on holiday, we attempted to record this episode two weeks ago. We got about 20 minutes into the recording before we real- before I realized that I had actually not been recording anything. <laughs> My mic was not on. And so we had like 20 minutes of half of a conversation. Yeah. Um, and this, and this point, happened at about one in the morning. Yeah, yes, something very like we'd already recorded like a number of podcasts as well. Um, it was a, a long bad day. time for us. Yes, uh, so then we just thought, "Fuck it, we'll do." When I get back off holiday, <laughs> we'll try squeeze it in. Um, and and now here we are, and here this is are. also a few days later as well. But whatever. But you no. get what you're given when you come to the Still Got Legs podcast. You get what you're given. Well, there's a lot going on. We're busy boys, yeah. right? We have lives, and that lives is all about podcasting, baby. That's <laughs> that's what it is. It does um, seem to take up a surprising amount of our time, to be fair. Yeah, not really, but... Enough. Enough of it. Okay, well, it's hard not to take that personally. <laughs> but... Nathan, tell yeah. me about this book, please. I've never heard this story before. Well, Lawrence, it might surprise you to know that... Um, this story was originally a Doctor Who novel in like the 90s, I believe, uh, featuring the seventh Doctor instead of the tenth, obviously, because it didn't exist then. Um, and and yes, it, it was adapted from that book. Very interesting stuff. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> At least sound interesting. <laughs> At least be like, oh, I don't know. No, it, on, is, it is cool. It is cool. I, I, it, this is... Has this happened before? Have they adapted like previous works and stuff before? Yes, I think so. Um, it, it's definitely happened since quite a few times. It's happening in the 60th. Is um, it? Yeah, the, the 60th is, um, a sum of it at least anyway, is based off a comic called The Star Beast. Oh. Um, so, is, that, yeah. is that the little gremlin thing in all the trailers? Yeah, Beep the Meep. Beep yeah. the Meep. Is that what he's called? Yeah, it's what called Beep the Meep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, it happened with, you know, the, the Matt Smith, James Corden episode, The Lodger. Oh, that has the vibes of a book, yeah. It's not a book, it was a comic originally with uh, when the 10th Doctor had to move in with Mickey for a little bit. Okay, um, right. So yeah, the original Odd Couple. Um <laughs> So yeah, so it's it's happened in Who history many times, I guess. Yeah. Um well so so yeah, so they spread it over two parts. Um it's yeah, it does give off that vibe. I'd imagine because this is quite self-contained in itself, isn't it? In the sense that you could kind of put this adventure with any doctor anywhere. Well, I think the book's a little bit different. I don't think it's it's quite necessarily the same in terms of like the chameleon arch and and the family and that sort of stuff. It, I, uh, to be honest, I don't know. I have I haven't read it, so I have no idea really. Hmm. Um, but I just know it's based on a book. So fair enough. There we and- go. That's all I know. That shout out to tardis.fandom.wiki <laughs> and your trivia section. <laughs> they need that. our shout out as well. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> They're struggling. Um, they follow me on Twitter. All right, do they? Not not Tardis Wiki, but fandom as a whole follows me on Twitter for some reason. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And Yoko Ono. And Andy Signal, noted rapist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you want to oh, block fuck, him. I'm, I'm trying to keep this one clean. Anyway, go on. Keep moving. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, let's talk about the actual episode. A big, <clears throat> a big, strong opening, I think. Lawrence, you might say 
this is a banger. This this is a certain certain banger. <laughs> it must be said. Yeah. I was very excited. This was one when we decided to do the rewatch podcast. This was one of the episodes that I thought oh, I'm excited to do that one. Yeah, me too. It's and I got my one. wish because now we get to do it twice. <laughs> and we've watched it twice as well. <laughs> I've watched this episode twice in the last two weeks now. <laughs> um, yes, uh, and it, it does kick off like straight away in the last episode. Whenever that we recorded that, like fucking twelve weeks ago, um, we said that like you know it starts off with a bang. It's always good to like kick off kind of like mid adventure sort of thing. Just yeah. be like thrown straight into it with like no sort of. Oh, let's go! It's just let's fucking go. That made no sense. Um, and we're, and we're just <laughs> no, no, there. I got, it. I got, I got that with the intonation. <laughs> and and we're just there in the middle of something going on. They're being chased. They're running through the TARDIS. They're they're pushing open the doors that say pull to open, and <laughs> and they're being shot at and everything. It's it's a good amount of fun and excitement. I think it's very good. You get the TARDIS getting shot at. That's always fun. You don't. You rarely yes. see a bit of action inside the TARDIS. It's true. It's true. They get to bust out the pyrotechnics and. And blow up that ugly console. <laughs> they just throw a spoon at it or something. <laughs> like one of the one of the wooden spoons comes flying off. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yes, but yeah. No, I like that straight away. There's like mm. it, the stakes are fucking heavy. Like the doctor is yes. panicked, and when the doctor is panicked, you get panicked because you feel like the situation is very much not in control. Well, it's it's weird because it kind of goes from like very intense and in your face and like oh we've been chased Martha we need to fucking run we need to run to hello how are you I'm John Smith and I'm a little boy from 1914 but but this, he's not a little boy but yeah but this is what cold opens are perfect for in Doctor Who <clears throat> just set up yeah. the mystery give us a little sizzle and then let us wonder for a large portion of the episode what the fuck is going on until yeah. like halfway through we get a bit more of a clue I think that's definitely a strength for this episode. The 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 for, for lack of a better word, my, my brain is fried <laughs> because I can't think of what to say. Just the what the fuck of it all, really. Like the the what the fuck is going on? Because it is really because it's not really revealed until about like halfway, twenty minutes in or whatever that we really get the context of like what is going on. It's just like the Doctor is saying he's human and he's dreaming of his adventures and stuff and martha's is made and what's going on here as an audience member you're really let in with martha this episode in terms of like you're very much in the trenches with her being like this fucking guy doesn't know anything oh yeah god (laughs) yeah i think i think it's interesting how it's played out like because again it's 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 not really revealed we get like a few little tidbits here and there and a few hints that like something is going on but for the most part it could be like is it real was is all of doctor who been a lie obviously it hasn't i'm not that dumb but you know it's that would it's... have been the <laughs> boldest fucking move imagine ending it with this and then just being like <laughs> yep the show was all a lie it's all been the dreams of this weird little man and martha somehow knows about these dreams <laughs> and thinks they were real also yeah, that that would be quite bold. Um, thankfully, that did not happen. No. Um, what's going on? But it, it it works. It works as a as a standalone story. And oh, definitely the standalone story itself. Uh, it is November nineteen thirteen. Um, those history buffs yes. out there will know that we are one year away from the First World War. Yes, and that is that is on the mind. Uh, <laughs> there that is, are people that is... thinking about it. 
That is significant. Some more than thinking about it. Some seeing it for some reason. Yeah. Um, All right. What I was getting onto is, can you imagine a fate worse than attending one of these boarding schools? Uh, yeah, probably. If I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> as two white men, I think we do okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we do all right for the most part. Um, but also, if if we're like if we're one of these boys, then it's like, oh yeah, like life's pretty good. No, really. we we know what we know. All right, so it's us. So it's us as we are now. Yeah, as a twenty nine and twenty six year old man <laughs> going to this school for boys in nineteen thirteen. You act like you act like these <laughs> students aren't all played by like people in their mid twenties. Oh yeah, well apart from that little boy, obviously. Well, I've got a fun game we can get to later uh, for him. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, little boy Look. is key. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, I I don't know. I uh, yeah. I personally would not enjoy going to this school, mostly because I'm a 29-year-old man and I don't want to go to school. <laughs> no, I do have dreams about going back to school a lot. Really? Like, probably once a week, I have a dream that I go back to school, like to my high school. So and you're, I'm just... you're really in the shoes of the doctor in this episode, then. You're just having dreams of a whimsical time elsewhere. Oh, maybe. Maybe it's like in my real life. <laughs> and I'm and Martha. This is, and this is some f- fake scenario. You've, maybe I'm just in a fucking coma and this is just me going mad. And I'm insane. Shutter Islanding you. I'm I'm your like therapist that's just enabling all your delusions right now. Yeah, that, that would make a lot of sense. Oh my god, and these are microphone therapy sessions for the records. Ah, oh, yes. Our podcast. <laughs> That'd be a weird therapy session. It would be. So, tell me about Doctor Who. <laughs> you, you start to emotionally open up. I'm like, Nathan, we haven't synced. We need to do it. Three, two, one. Clap. <laughs> As a peek behind the curtain, Lawrence. No one knows what that means. My apologies. Um, all right. Something this podcast is famous for, Nathan, is a little Weirdo bit... of the week. No, we're not. That, not yes, but not yet. Okay. No, we're famous for wasting too much of our runtime talking about various suits. And we Look, are treated. Suit talk is an essential element of this podcast, Okay. <laughs> You you cannot have still got legs without some very in depth costume discussions, and I think that's part of our brand. Okay, yeah. this week, look, it started off on rocky grounds. All right, <laughs> he's in the brown suit. He's okay. never looked worse. Yeah, it's awful. Okay, it's, I'm having a terrible time. All yeah. right, I'm not enjoying him. We then wake up in 1913. He's in a lovely set of pajamas. First of all, I do like a good set of Jimmy Jams. Second set of Jimmy Jams we've seen Tenth Doctor in as well. He's, he's a he's a Jimmy Jam icon by this point. Mm. But after that, what an ensemble. I, we're just yeah. treated to look after look after look. <laughs> the Drip King has arrived. <laughs> I didn't he's, know it was possible to ooze this much sauce. <laughs> These beautiful uh, like grey tweed suits. I'm really mm. feeling it, man. It looks good. With it the, like, good. It's like a we we don't know anything about suits, by the way. So there's probably people listening no. to us being like, "That's not what it's called." Yeah. But um, like like the the curved collar, the the the, yeah, the the thin tight collar. It's lovely. It looks good. His tie, his waistcoat. Oh, the all, waistcoat. Yeah, it's all very good. Yeah, he's uh, I, I think it it, it frames it. He's he's got the right body type for that suit. He's like a skinny man, 
and he, he just I don't know, he looks good. <laughs> it's one of it's not luckily it's not one of them episodes again where everyone's like, Oh David Tennant's so skinny, oh he looks so good, oh god, you oh, hug him, you get oh, paper cut because he's so thin and athletic. Oh he's so skinny and hot and hate him. Oh. <laughs> Framing all these incredibly nice compliments for like a man <laughs> in his thirties as just yeah. insults. Um he, he accessorizes though, that's what I like about this ensemble of drips. It's mainly oh. always the same framework. Yes. But he's not afraid to dress it up with one of them teaching gowns. Uh, <laughs> he's not afraid to put a, a scarf on in a bit. A little cap. A little cap, yeah. Not something yeah. I'd expect for 10. They, I'm, I'm I'm surprised they wanted to cover up his locks. i got stuff to say his locks. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> well, all right, then. Uh, <laughs> any more suits to talk about? Any more suit talk discussion? I really no, I just really like the the grey suit, um, with his especially with his little bow tie which he wears at the end. That's mm. a, a good little look for him. Um, look, man is dripping. I cannot deny it. Yeah, he's he looks John fresh. Smith. John Smith looks good. Um, my next point might not pack the same punch it did in our first recording because you have heard it before. Um, we get a lot of. Um, I don't want to beat around the bush. Just people being racist to Martha. Yeah, we do. And uh, it's it's not nice. It's not nice. But I, this is the point I made last week. <clears throat> um, Martha will get the last laugh because in a year's time, all of these boys are dead. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the the silver lining, really, to this. <laughs> Die, <time>. racists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If there's anything to take away from this, it's that the racists will die. Yeah. When and, you look at, when you watch this story, if anyone even just for a fraction of a second annoys you, you can take solace knowing they likely died. And if they didn't die, and if they somehow survived, then they probably died in the next one. Yeah. And if not, then they probably died of old age between... <laughs> Well, so it's been over a hundred years since this was set. And if so. they and if they somehow manage to survive all of that, you can take solace knowing that they are a fictional character and actually yeah. never existed. I don't think the I think the youngest person alive is. I think the oldest the youngest person the oldest person alive is is younger than one hundred and ten. So wow, we're good. I don't know where that was. Um, <laughs> yes racists are bad it's not nice i remember again this is a story i told the last time as well but i remember watching this uh the first time around and when that prick was like oh with hands like those how can you know something is clean or whatever i remember turning to my mum and my sister and being like is that racism as an an experienced boy of 13 or whatever and yeah i was like who had an experienced privileged white boy of 13. I say privileged white boy. I grew up in a council estate, like quite poor, but yeah. like, <laughs> but still, but no, no idea of what racism is. Never experienced anything like that. And just being like, uh, is that racism? And I'm like, wow, that's kind of bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, I picked up on that actually. And, um, I'm, wow. I'm writing into the BBC. Mm, maybe you shouldn't say that. Yeah. Anyway, let's never think about that again. Mum, mum, get on the Ofcom website and, and get me the email address. I've got things to say. You're one of them. And then I didn't. And then you didn't. Because you, yeah. no, I'm not going to land you in it. I know that you've got a tight edit turnaround. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, they have also what's worse than being there alone is being there for two months it's revealed that they've been there right this is a thing we've i think we talked quite a bit um this series this season whatever the fuck we say about like how much of a dick is 10 is to martha yeah. like and look this isn't his fault 
Like he he didn't necessarily. Well, he kind of did choose. He didn't this, give it much God. of a choice. No, he didn't. But again, he could have just cut- quickly taken over and been like, "This is a time for you to get out." To be fair, yeah, maybe. But then she might have still been in danger. But whatever. Yeah. Um, th- this is some tough shit to go through. Two months living as a maid. In 1913, when you're fucking, when people who look like you are actively looked down upon and will face a lot of discrimination, yeah. Um, and also you're a woman and you're a maid, like at a school full of hoity-toity, snotty little boys, mm. you got to think like because it's the TARDIS who picked the set in the scenario. You got to think there's something going on there with yeah, the TARDIS. The TARDIS do be kind of racist though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It seems um, a bit. Mm, a little fishy, if you ask me. Yeah, that's true. They could have taken her like to, like a spa. Yeah, exactly. Go to somewhere nice. <laughs> Go to, like I don't know, like what, what was that like Diamond Planet? The Marth that um, Donna goes to, where it's just like the oh, whole the thing, just a big spa thing. Yeah, just a whole big relaxing spa hotel or whatever. Yeah, Go, spend a week there. And, and they, they only had one incident on that planet, and it was it was fine. It was over, it was yeah. way off somewhere else. It was on a train or whatever. Just yeah. don't get on the train. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> Donna, Donna did it well. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. There's definitely is something going on with the TARDIS. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, um, little 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 sus, if you ask me. That is a little sus. We should ask yeah. it in season six. Um, yeah, we will when we finally get to have words with the TARDIS. Lawrence, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, my apologies. That is a spoiler. But Nathan can't cut it, and that's my fault. I apologise. Anyway, the Doctor, um, you know, he doesn't know what he's up to. He's got Martha, but he doesn't know he's got Martha looking out for him. Uh, Yeah. But he is laying some riz. He's he's dropping game. (laughs) Is he, though? I don't know if he is. Well, he's trying to. Yeah, trying being the optimal word. I don't know if he's doing very well. Luckily for him, though... Joan, Nurse Redford, matron, if you're nasty, is very horny for him. Yes. Like, as soon as she's talked... Well, it's not the first time they've spoken. They've said they've known each other two months or whatever. But, like, what you get the sense that they haven't really spoken much. They've passed each other point. and had some nods. Yeah, exactly. Like, matron, John Smith, whatever. They've, yeah. they've had a little hello, a little greeting here and there. Um, But, like, the first time they're really talking, she's like... Have you seen this? There's a dance going on in the village hall. I'd love to go to a dance. No one's asked me, though. Yeah. Oh, she is laying it on thick. She, she is like, time. yeah, very, very eager for and, the man, which and, is understandable. Yeah. And he's lost all, like, Ten is famously a doctor that has quite a fair bit of riz, right? He's always, he's always kicking. Oh, stop saying riz. He, well, he's, he's got the riz, though, Nathan. <laughs> You're dating this podcast so much. He has got the charisma. Um, and he's 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 he normally deploys it quite well, but as John Smith, he's just a bumbling buffoon to the point where he actually falls down a flight of stairs. Yeah. Um, which you know, like, it looks like it fucking really hurts. <laughs> Good thing he was talking to a nurse at the time. Yeah. If only then... someone came in that knew more um, about <laughs> the medical profession. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who had a hundred years worth of medical expertise and knowledge to 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 read about and learn from mm. um yeah if only i've i've put this thing the um it, i mean it is frustrating because you watch it and you're like martha knows way more than you actually know uh, joan redford or whatever <laughs> like, yeah but like no one knows it though do they they just don't know that she knows more so no it's, it's, true. it's tough i've i've put down a note that says um joan 
like Martha walks in as Joan is checking the doctor or checking John Smith's heart with a stethoscope. Um, and that is, that's literally how Martha met the doctor. Like Martha met the doctor whilst he was pretending to be John Smith and put a stethoscope on him. That... Did she walk in while he was doing the stethoscope? Yeah, I think so. No, I think she did. Did she not? No, she did the stethoscope later. Whatever. My point still makes sense. <laughs> <Okay>. um, so... <laughs> I'm too far down the rabbit hole, Nathan. You're even going to cut it or let me go with this and okay. aid me in my delusions. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to commit to something that's wrong. Okay, fine. Well, commit to this then. Um, Martha is still, like, John Smith literally has no memories of Rose, but he's still doodling her in the book. See, uh, it seems strange because he says, like, when he's when he's talking about, like, his dreams and stuff, and then he's showing her the, the journal, and, and we see the drawing of Rose, he says something like, oh, she's she's just an invention. Like, which seems to imply, mm. like, they're not part of his dreams and he just added her to the journal, kind of. Like, he made up the character. But obviously that's not the case. Yeah, or or is he talking about the book as a whole, as, like, a fiction piece? I don't know. N- no, I don't think so. Interesting. But it is, well, yeah, it is. To him, it's fiction. Yeah. But we obviously know different. It's true. I do like that, um, yeah, uh, Joan Redford is there and she's she's like, and there's always this pretty girl with you. And Martha's like, <laughs> oh, fucking hell, it's Rose again. <laughs> it's yeah. She probably yeah. doesn't know it's Rose, technically, does she? Oh, she, probably, she probably had a look at the journal. Yeah, oh, yeah, true, yeah. Had a little yeah. sneaky look, yeah. Um, I, it's, time, it's time for my fun game. Okay. My fun game, I would like you to guess the age of Thomas Brody Sangster in this episode. I'm going to assume that's a little boy. That is uh, Love Actually Little Boy. Love Actually Little Boy. Don't okay. Also, go one end or the other. Don't go in between, because then it's never fun. All right, so do the polite thing. Do the polite like, thing so I can oh. go, he's actually this. <laughs> All right. And you go, whoa. It, oh, well, I, personally, Lawrence, I was watching this episode, and I thought he was eight years old. Okay, now actually tell me. I want to be somewhat vindicated. If, if... Uh, 17. 18, I would say. He's exactly 17. My joke <laughs> is no longer funny. Um, well, I, right, you can't blame me for no, that. No, no, I, I gave I you the fucking eight-year-old one. <laughs> but he looks... He, right, right. let's just get down to the point of it. Right, My game failed, <clears> but he doesn't look 17. He kind of does. Oh, I it's think. Re- I thi- shut up. No, I, he no, I think the thing with this boy, okay, <laughs> and the reason everyone has this complex about him being a little boy is because we know him from stuff when he was younger. We know him from Love Actually, where he was a little boy. It's Macaulay Culkin syndrome, okay? Yeah, but Macaulay we- Culkin doesn't look like a little boy in other But things. he did when he was a little boy, but slightly older. Yeah, I guess, I guess. I think it's just the thing of like we we knew him as a little boy, and because he still like has the same face, kind of like he hasn't changed a whole amount. He he does look older. He does look. I'd say he looks about seventeen in this episode, to be honest. Fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fun. Anyway, let's let's move on. Um... <laughs> but look, he's got special guessing powers. What's going on here, man? This is this is weird because, like, I've always I been always, quite lucky. I always had it in my head that this was like something to do with the doctor or whatever. It's kind of not. It's just like 
It seems like if the Doctor wasn't there, this guy would still be like psychic or whatever. Yeah, so I, I obviously I haven't seen the next one yet. Um, <laughs> well, you have. Well, I have, but not for quite a while. Yeah. So, like, I don't remember all the ins and outs of it. Um, I do remember that he gets, like, bombed or something. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I can't... No, but I can't remember. He just has, like, in this scene, he's... Like his, I say his mate. It seems more like just his recreational bully that he lives yeah. with. Um, he gets like a letter, and he's like, "Whoa, my old pa's in Africa or something," and he's like, "Africa," and he's like, "How did you guess that? I'll beat you the fuck up if you don't tell me how you guessed that." Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know what's happening with his guessing powers. No, me neither. It's um, it seems quite strange that they're just like, "Oh yeah, this little boy has." The, the gift of prophecy for some reason and they just like never really explain it but <laughs> it's like well, they, might, they like, might explain it how long has it been no, since that, you've seen the next one uh, not that long if i'm being honest and i can't necessarily re- maybe there is something but i really don't think there is we're going too hard we- into this we're going to get the fattest slice of humble pie next <laughs> maybe we will but i i don't think so i i think it's just like and this little boy is psychic anyway <laughs> I tell you what so, we can relate to. Um yes. as two as two uh, guys who uh we didn't go to a boarding school, but we went to uni where we lived together. I went to a boarding school. Yeah, well you would. You're one of these lads. I went to a private boarding school. God, you a proper one of these lads. Always talking uh, was... about how hoity toity I am. <laughs> it it was the least exciting private school. It was just like a normal school. But it's basically because uh, my dad uh, was in the army and uh, lived in Germany at the time. So, so you were you racist like these guys? <laughs> no, no, I was not. Fair enough. Well, that's good. I'm glad you weren't. Um, but I'm saying that we can relate to Baines and Baxter um, because we how Lawrence because we too have lived together and one of us has been sent to get the beers in. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I feel like we always went to get beers together. We did sometimes, but other times we took it in turns. Okay. It was the same when we'd go to Nando's or we'd get the beers. Like, we would just have a mental... Never wrote anything down because that would betray our friendship. All right, so when you say get the beers and you mean go to the fridge and get two beers. No. Not like go to the shops and get a crate. No, we, we went to go to the shops to get crates and stuff. Yeah, together. It was never like you go to the shop and get us a crate. Yeah, it's true. It's because we often got a crate each and that's too much to carry for one man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're exactly the same as Baines and Baxter. In every single way. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, I do enjoy the um the full 180 the the Baines does and none of his mates seem to notice <laughs> he's he's like ah oh, i'll go get the beer oh the blessed beer oh, one for everyone is it oh, i'll go get the beer i say hello hello who is that i say hello and it's like yes it was rather cold outside yes. <laughs> he comes back like he's not only drunk all of the beer but also like he's like fallen in a mushroom field or something like he's he comes back so fucked Look, it's skipping ahead a little bit. Um, and we can talk about like him getting to the ship and everything like that. But yeah. shout out to him because it's a fucking good performance from right. the guy. It's like it's so unnerving, and the way that like I was watching it today, and I was like kind of trying to like figure out what is so distracting and unnerving about him. And I'm like, he does not blink. 
Yeah, no, like, he doesn't. Not yeah. once does he blink when he's on screen as as son of mine, and it's it's so unsettling and creepy, but a really good performance. So it, it's it's Harry Lloyd is his name, um, and like he he's done some stuff since he did Game of Thrones after this uh, in the first season of Game of Thrones as Daenerys' sister. Um, I'm sure he's done as, other stuff as what as what as Daenerys' brother. Sorry, <laughs> as Daenerys oh, is that is that is that him? That's he's him. The... Yeah. He's Viserys. Yeah. He, he's the he's the birth of the meme you know they've all got one name and one wig one name and one wig <laughs> yeah. you want to share it um no but you're right the performance is incredible like the little micro expressions <laughs> the like it also like he <clears throat> plays he is the perfect hoity-toity pre-world war one snobby rich boy yeah he's perfect at it like he like twists his neck in certain ways that just feel like any human could do it because he physically does it but like yeah it feels unnatural and uncomfortable and like the little <clears throat> the little things like he goes into the to the spaceship um and and he's like his first reaction is so just overwhelmingly british he's like you chaps all right in here <laughs> yeah. and it's like dude run <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of aeroplane <laughs> yeah uh also fun fact <laughs> on harry lloyd he is the great great grandson of charles dickens ah privilege Yes. <laughs> so that is why he's able to do this role so well. Uh, um, generational wealth. Yeah. So, other, yeah, other famous Doctor Who character, Charles Dickens. So uh, you'll, you'll find that a lot with uh, British actors who went to RADA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, generational wealth and a lot of uh, blue family names on Wikipedia. Yes. So, um, oh, dear. Don't ever look into Benedict Cumberbatch's family history. Oh, who's he again? What was he? Crook stuff. I think he's got links to slavery. Ooh. Yeah. And he has a pretty offensive autistic person thing as well in Sherlock. Moving on. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, the camera angles are like, this is also like helps a lot of the performances as well. Like, obviously, Mm. when you get something like scenes that are really unnerving, it's not just Mm. the actors doing it. Yeah. Um, the camera angles are always off. They're always like a little bit like Dutch and tilted in the way that they're framed. They're always like angled a little bit upwards or downwards. Um, yeah, it's it's not a lot, but it's just like and again, this is we've moved off doing this a lot now because the budget is noticeably bigger. But when yeah. you do have a limited budget, this is the way to do horror, like or like horror components. You just move the camera in a slightly weird way, an unnatural way. And also, I think it's uh, quite a, from a story perspective, like I say, doing horror on a budget, where we've been, the Doctor and Martha have been chased by this this family of monsters, and we have no idea what they look like. Yeah. We, we don't know what their true physical form looks like. Baines sees it at one point, and he's fucking horrified. Mm. He screams in horror when he sees it, and it, there's just something exciting and scary about the fact that we never do it's so scary that they have to take human form to to be able to get around and stuff so a lot of their like they're the family of blood as a a concept as like a monster concept they're fucking Mm. they're really really interesting anyway i love the idea of like uh like obviously a family but like maybe this goes throughout the species as well i don't know um but just this this organism that doesn't have a long lifespan that is obsessed with eternal life. Yeah. Like, they are the perfect predators, but they just don't have the time to catch their prey. 
yeah. so, so they're always like hanging on. I don't know. It's just a very great like one of like those. If it feels natural, like you know, in you know, in nature, sometimes like I can't think of a good example of it, but like evolution will find a way of coping with a problem. Life uh, finds a way. Yeah. What? Who? Who's that one? Who are you doing? Doctor Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Very good. Oh yeah, I should have yes. got that. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Shame yeah. on me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, life uh, finds a uh, way. Finds a way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I just love. <clears throat> The concept of like the doctor's like I can wait out someone for two months to die, but they're using those two months. Yeah, they are like they're just gunning for him, and it's a really really cool concept. Yeah, it is. It's uh, very exciting. Mm. Great concepts all round in this episode. The chameleon arch being introduced, obviously as a season three finale setup as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? The chameleon arch. Um, I like it. It's a bit. I did too. Silly nonsense. Ah, so is Doctor Who. Exactly. But that, and that, and that my, again, I've spoken at length about why this is my favourite era of the show that I've like faithfully watched and, mm. and continued to keep rewatching. Like It's because I think this era of the show, and obviously I can't always speak until like the latter end, and I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong when we get there. And um, you will be. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but, but like it's when it leans into these silly stupid concepts that are just like yes. the doctor opens a fob watch and goes this rewrites my body how yeah don't fucking matter yeah i shook the camera and i wore a fucking headset and it and i believe it and it's great but you do believe it though because the the way when we do get the context scene and the flashback to you know the watches me and the chameleon circuit and all that sort of stuff mm. it's it's harrowing watching him go through that it's like and Martha's like, is it going to hurt? He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. And then you just cut to him screaming as he's, like, wearing the headset. And it's just, re- he says it rewrites every cell in his body. Like, mm. to, to make him, here's the thing. Does it make him appear human or does it make him human? I, I think it has to make him human, doesn't it? Because otherwise yeah. the family would be able to detect him. So, like, I wrote down, um, and how the doctor describes it, uh, a chameleon arch rewrites every single cell and fully changes someone's genetic makeup. So yeah, so it's it's fully taken away his, his a second heart. It's fully well. Joan has the stethoscope on him and isn't like, what the fuck's this about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it could be just a I don't know deactivated or whatever. I don't know. He's got but the no, TARDIS but... key around his second heart so it doesn't appear <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he go he goes in for some filter. sort of like fucking MRI and just it just well, MRIs like they fucking exist. <laughs> yeah, in 1913. <laughs> He's gone for an X-ray. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it, it. I think it just fully changes because obviously that's the point of the scent. It, th- it has to throw off the scent. He has to be completely yeah. different. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, and it, yeah, again, just really, really harrowing. Like David Tennant obviously sells it great as he always does. Just the the pain of it all and and like just the change really good and yeah creepy stuff yeah for sure um and i said it as well but like it is the like it's the perfect setup for season three for the finale it's like i don't know i just i think in the mixture of like i i I think i i can't remember if i said this last week or if i said this on the recording that we lost so i'll say it again um i i've always said when people ask me about doctor who that i love seasons one to four the most but i think season five is my favorite season of doctor who yeah i'm actually maybe tilting to more towards season three just because i think the narrative setup of like introducing saxon as early as they do as a concept having martha's family slowly fall out of well not fall out of love but never start to always be sown this propaganda against the doctor so that when it the finale hits it hits that bit harder like yeah. it, I don't know. I just think this is all working so well in tandem with everything going on that by the time the finale rolls around, I feel like that's going to be like a two-hour episode of us just chatting about it all. <laughs> Not to spoil it, but I think it kind of misses the landing in the finale a little bit. I, I but... know you think I, we have different <laughs> opinions on on this. <laughs> but I like I like it overall, but there's some there's some stuff, man. There's some. Choices, if you've got words but... to talk about John Sim, you've got a few weeks to reconsider. I it? like John Sim a lot. Okay, all right. I don't have anything bad to say about John Sim for the most part. Okay, I tell you what. Stick with me. This is going to be a little segue, but I'm going to have to do a few jumps. All right, go on. Uh, I tell you what. I tell you who does like to talk about things a lot. <laughs> okay, David Tennant in the behind the scenes filming of this <laughs> okay for, do you want to take this i know you probably want to take this no no go on go on the um, the the infamous he has to talk for a minute uninterrupted so that there yes. is fast forward footage for the editors to use when martha is skipping through the 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 like the the briefing message that he leaves for her a great gift that this was <laughs> for us on the on on the series 3 dvd <laughs> On the deleted scenes, just a great gift that David Tennant has given us all, really. But just brilliant, just absolutely <laughs> if you, brilliant. If you Stays in the it, accent. If you haven't seen it, just look it up on YouTube. You can find it. Just type in like uh, "human nature deleted scene," and it's just the one of David Tennant in the TARDIS. Uh, it's basically the scene where Martha's looking at the little screen in the TARDIS while he sets out like the rules and guidelines for her, basically, and like what to do in an emergency or whatever. Um, but because she skips forward it, they needed footage of him talking. So he does like the first few rules and then it's just like, now I have to talk for around about two minutes for <laughs> just random stuff that you won't actually hear in the TV show. And then he talks about like the house Martins and stuff. 
Um, and he just starts going, dingle, dongle, dingle, dangle. <laughs> Lippy-tappy-tooter. Lippy tappy tootar. Lippy tappy tootar. It's very great. My favourite part about it is how he just goes, like, he falls straight back into the Doctor. Yeah. He, he goes, because he can't break. He can't, like, that, no. the point of it is that he has to keep talking and then end on his line. And he's like, yeah. lippy tappy tootar. And finally, Martha. <laughs> and just yeah, go literally. straight back into being a phenomenal <laughs> actor. It's brilliant. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah. He's he is. There's no there's, it's not a surprise that David Tennant is as popular as he is. Mm. As you know, that that does rub people the wrong way sometimes a little bit. Um I've been guilty of that myself, but he's it's he's good, basically, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. He's sure. very good. Um I so we're <clears throat> we're back in the episode Love Actually Boy. Um, he takes John Smith's watch. Little boy. Little boy. Uh, yeah. He takes John Smith's watch because he hears some voices coming from it. Yeah. This, I do want an answer to this next week because that is the opposite of what a perception filter is supposed to do. It's true. Yeah, I don't think you'll get one. Because <laughs> it's, it's quite literally supposed to sit there and blend in. Yeah. And be unnoticed. That... But is it supposed to do that for everyone or just for him though? I, when because... they when they do it to the TARDIS keys, it works on everyone. Yeah, but maybe this is different because I don't like... know if he had a lot of time to change the settings. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not. I'm saying that like maybe the setting is for it's the perception filler is just for him. Like because like he says, like to to me, I won't recognize it. I'll just think it's an ordinary watch, no, nothing special, whatever. But not necessarily the same for everyone else. So I'm thinking it might just be a John Smith exclusive perception filter. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, because Martha clearly knows about it and stuff. Martha recognises it and stuff. Yeah, but that could be a catalyst for just Martha knowing what it is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But then also Matron as well, Nurse Redford, she's like, yeah, you did have a watch. I remember that watch. Oh, oh, yeah, because Martha goes on about it and she's like, but the funny thing, John, Mr. John Smith... Yeah, is that you he did, did. Have a watch. and he's like, yeah. "What are these girls saying, man? <laughs> what are these silly little women saying?" <laughs> yeah, for it's goodness sake. Thirteen. Hang on, let me be sexist real quick. First, of, uh, oh, first of all, but like that was a the thing. There was a there was a weird moment when like Martha and Jenny are at the pub, but and, like they have to sit outside because they're women. Is that <laughs> a thing? I, that seemed odd to me. I see. I don't know. I think it's like. I've watched The Crown. I don't remember women sitting outside in pubs. Yeah, I don't know. And, like, I'm very conscious of being wrong in this scenario. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, but, like, I think bottom line is they work at the school and inside that school is just going to be a bunch of racist, sexist men. Yeah. So I'd sit outside anyway. Yeah, but they, they it's like they don't have a choice. They, they imply that they very much don't have a choice. They're like... She, they're like, oh, it's cold out here. Wouldn't you rather be inside? And she's like, yeah, but you know that's all very well and good in London when you got the suffragettes, but out here in the country, yeah, true, yeah, it's you know, yeah. I, see, if it was a race thing, I could buy it. Okay, yeah. If the if they were saying Martha wasn't allowed in, um, then I could it'd be fucking horrible, and I tell it. But it'd be more. But you'd let it go, would you? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just saying it'd be more believable than. But I. I uh, maybe this is just me being very ignorant to history, but I don't think there was a weird no women allowed in pubs rule, which because that just seems strange. I don't remember it, but it feels like a concept that very much probably did happen at some point somewhere. 
I don't know. Maybe it's just a men-only pub. But no, but then they're, still, need, we, they're buying pints. We need a woman. We need a woman here. <laughs> we need a woman. We need a woman. Yeah. Woman! Have you seen a woman? <laughs> woman! Oh, this is awful. Let's move on. <laughs> this is bad, yeah. It's all in jest. I promise it's all in jest. Um, if we are wrong, please actually do educate us. We would like to know. Um, so, anyway. Um, we get another 10 fit. I don't want to bring us back to suit talk, but I might. Um, it's not a massive departure. It's the same. Th- it's the same thing that's going on, but he's mm. got a trench coat, a button-down winter trench coat as well. Is this when he's going on a lovely little walk? This is when he's on his walk, reminiscing about his favourite hometown in Ireland, <laughs> in uh, Gallifrey. <laughs> yeah, um, it does sound Irish. I'll give him it. It does sound a little bit Irish. Yeah, yeah. it does. Um, uh, is this when he does the the cricket bat ball thing to save the world? Oh, his fucking Looney Tunes manoeuvre, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I don't know. Nah, it's fucking absurd, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's absurd. It's a bit of fun. It's not something that the doctor's known for doing, though. It's not like an innate, like, he's not a gymnast or some shit. <laughs> no, I, I, I reckon the fifth doctor would have done, he was always wearing cricket outfits, wasn't he? Oh, true, and the tenth doctor threw his orange at that door of the cigarettes. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He can he can be a, a little bit. And of he a... was like, "I throw oranges. I'm that sort of a man." <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of man I am. The one who throws oranges. The one who throws an orange. <laughs> yes. A convenient trapdoor. <laughs> that has seemingly no purpose. I like it. It's goofy. It's cheesy. But it. Uh, what I just love about it. I would hate it if it was anything other than absurd, which it is. So yeah. I like it. But it's like. It's a full baby from a piano. Like, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's everything a Looney Tunes fucking thing would be. <laughs> that, okay, yeah, I'll give you that. That's true. You, you can imagine, like, pulling down, like, the fucking, well, the hood on the stroller, whatever that fucking thing's called. And then you see, like, the baby from Looney Tunes with uh, the big cigar, yeah. like, what are you looking at, pal? And his eyes go, a wooga, come out of his skull. Yeah, and he's like, whoa! <laughs> <A> wooga. <laughs> Oh no! Wait, yeah, a wooger's when he finds something attractive, isn't it? Yeah, he's a sexy lady. Yeah, and then his heart beats out of his chest. Oh yeah, and yeah, and, yeah. And he like puts his arms back and it's like, whoa. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we know cartoons. Yeah, we do. Yeah, uh, so yeah. thank you. Um, but anyway, can we get back to what really matters, which is the doctor's curved brim hat, please? Um... <laughs> I do like his little hat. Yeah. Uh um. See, I don't mind the hat. I don't oh, think it ties on. together the whole look. I think. Imagine. No, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't tie together the look, but it's a good. It's a good uh, addition for a, a, a an outside walk. Yeah, as it were. I will agree with that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's not not something one would wear indoors. No. Coming from the two men who the wear exclusively black t-shirts. Yes, um, that is true. I'm in my boxers actually as we record. I'm in my pajama bottoms. Very nice. It's late. You can forgive <laughs> yeah. us on this one for not yeah. showing up to impress. <laughs> Um, I, he, um, he mentions that his parents were Verity and Sydney, which is a fun little reference to the fact that Doctor Who itself was created by Verity Lambert and Sydney Newman. There we are. So you've nice seen little, the special. I've seen a, an adventure in space and time. <laughs> Don't spoil it. We're watching that this year or something, aren't we? Where everyone who's ever played a part in Doctor Who is like a... <laughs> A different character appears as someone else. What if the master was the man that did the show or something? And I don't yeah. know. Does a Dalek show up to be a BBC executive at any point? 
Well, yeah, kind of. Really? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> we're going to watch that on another Happy Pod at some point, I think. We will. We're going to do that in November for another Happy Pod. There you go. So stay tuned. Um, I Martha goes from a very, very... Uh, Martha. No, we always have to re- recontextualize this. Martha's writing goes... Yes. From incredibly weak to incredibly strong. Show you working. My working being, Martha has a line that says, you had to fall in love with a human that wasn't me. I don't think that's necessarily weak. I don't like it. I, I think she All should right, harbour a enough. bit more fucking anger at this point. Fair enough, but just because you don't like it, does that mean it's bad? Yes, I am the word <laughs> of God. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no, I apologise. You've been away for a week. You missed this, right? But I am actually now... <laughs> no, all Lawrence, knowing. <laughs> seriously, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I don't. I, it doesn't mean it's bad. I just think that, like, where Martha is at as a character, she should be long past the Doctor, not reciprocating feelings, but also not pining after him anymore. I think she should be in a case of like, you don't like. Yeah, she can harbor that resentment and then add it on top of like, you brought me to a place where I'm treated like fucking shit. For two months and not given me any resources to help. See, I feel like we're kind of at the point now where, like it or not, this is part of her character. It is, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I don't necessarily think we can keep going down the route of like, oh, blah, 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 whatever. Like that was nothing, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I I just feel like at this point we have to like accept it for what it is, really, mm. much like we did with Rose and Mickey's situation. Not necessarily happy about it, but we can acknowledge that it's it's something that's happening. It's something that's going on in the show. Would we have done things differently if we were the writers, i.e. Spider-Man Lotus? Yes, <laughs> and it would have been terrible. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I think because the, the, the only thing I disagree with is, like, I get what you're saying, but with the Rose thing, mm-hmm. like, the decisions she was making were her own. She had agency and yes. was making active choices, whereas Martha is just like, why doesn't he love me? <laughs> Yes, but I think Martha shows agency in other ways, though. Yeah, for sure. And just and just because she's kind of hung up on the on the doctor, which yeah, it's a little unfortunate. It's a little stuck in the times, but that doesn't necessarily diminish the other ways that she shows agency. And she's a very competent and and really great character in those other ways as well, though. For example, um, one of my favorite things a companion who are companions are normally the powerless one in the relationship in the power dynamic of the doctor and a companion yes they're normally the ones that ask the doctor questions look to him for a, a guiding they're the audience perspective yeah they they have to bring us in and we're just as clueless yeah. normally yeah um i fucking think this is genuinely one of my favorite companion get out of jail moments when um jenny r.i.p has been taken over by mother <laughs> of mine yeah or, or like i just, this this always fucking annoyed me as a kid. I was like, does, so does do they call her like wife of mine, like companion friend of mine? Well, I'm pretty sure uh, either Baines or the little girl will say either brother of mine or sister of mine. Mm. But then the mum and dad will be like daughter of mine, son, son of, of mine, son of mine. Yeah, so, so it's just the relationship, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it is interchangeable. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but the one of my favorite things <clears throat> a companion has ever done, smartest thing I think to do, is she just yeah. catches that vibe is off with Jenny. Yeah. And she's like, oh, do you fancy some sardines and jam, a nice pot of gravy tea, um, yeah. a nice, you know, let's let's have a nice pot of mutton. Very clever. So clever. 
Yeah. Because she just immediately, like, it's just a trap. And she walks straight into it because how the fuck would an alien know about British customs or just English customs? Fucking yeah. Earth customs, yeah. Don't even know what sardines and jam are. Yeah, exactly. And, and she's just like, that sounds nice. And Martha's like, well, it shouldn't, so I've got you. <laughs> but she doesn't. She runs away. I would. Yeah, I <laughs> would too. I'd yeah. be off. Man. Oh, that spaceship. We don't see a lot of it, but I like a saucer. I do like a silly saucer. Yeah, classic retro yeah. vibes. And like yeah. green as well, like the green yeah. hues. Yeah, lovely. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Mm. Um, one thing I enjoy is that, as you know, and as uh, listeners of this and maybe the other podcast or maybe only the other podcast will know, that I have been watching The Crown lately. Yes. And I've been very much enjoying it. Um, I finished it now. I'm up to date with it. Um, but there is a character from this. There's a character in The Crown who's in this episode. Um, Tommy Lassels himself, who was, uh, he was at one point the, the, I think he was the Queen's private secretary, or he was some, he was some private, some weird butlerish role. Is he? In the he's Crown. the one that takes it well serious. He's a yeah. He's the he's a big serious. He's the head honcho of like all the butlers. And he's got basically. and he's got like, he's like, a, like an action figure collection at home or something. Yeah. Yeah, it is like tra- model trains and uh, yeah, and then, and like, I'm pretty sure the queen stuff. comes in and like pushes one off at some point, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, and then he puts he takes the time to like put it back yeah. and everything. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Um, he's uh, a great actor. I feel like he's always still type- got crown. <laughs> That's our next one. Um, <laughs> I I think he's an actor who will always kind of get typecast in these kind of roles. Yeah, like period piece authority figures. Look at his fucking face. <laughs> he, he's, he's he's suited for the role, man. He's yeah. always like His Majesty of the Duke of Edinburgh. He did it with pride for king and country and all this sort of stuff. He's <laughs> he's just he just he exudes that vibe. Yeah, and he's good at it. He, but, you know, you know, like that on our own soil. Yeah, <laughs> you know that you know that thing that sometimes people say where it's like this actor could never be in a period piece because their face <laughs> he looks knows like what it an knows. iPhone. Yeah, they know what an iPhone is. You can see it in their face. He's this got the opposite. This guy has no idea what an iPhone looks like. You say to him, you get the new iPhone, and he's like, the what? Yeah, the what? The uh... Do you mean the rotary? <laughs> Do you mean the eye pigeon? Um, no, he's like... I, I just also I know it's like a product of the mm. time and everything and like it's it's a it's a period piece it's set within the era so they have some freedom yeah to depict the era as as it as it truthfully was um but <laughs> there's this moment that I just found it so dismissive it was quite, almost funny where like one of the older boys is getting pissed off that um love actually boy can't shoot properly yeah um and he's he's like sir can I fucking give him a beating and he's like yep yeah. Crack on. Yeah. <laughs> and he like, just takes him off and he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. all right, fair enough. That's the way it was, yeah. The teachers were hitting them themselves. They had the cane. I know. But I, it must have been their day off when a, when a student was like, sir, can I give him a beating? And he's like, yeah, actually, my knuckles are fucking hurting. Yeah, <laughs> finally. Don't have to do it myself. Um, the funny thing about that scene is there's a, on that scene where they're doing the gun thing, there's an establishing shot of like the the uh, the dummies like with the bucket on the head or whatever mm. um and in the background you can just see a truck going past <laughs> like a like a full on just fucking Eddie Stobart truck <laughs> just <laughs> driving past the road in the background this i and i've i've been on the ride this was actually filmed like 
probably about like 30 minutes away from where I used to live in Wales. Really? Um, yeah, and it, and it was a road that like I went past on the bus on my way to college. Does it have um, like the little village hall? Oh uh, no, like the the school building. Oh, sort I see. Of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 The, that would have been shot like all over different locations yeah. and stuff. But like the school building, sort of thing. No, they cordoned um, off a whole village. I thought. <laughs> no, they didn't. No. <laughs> no, it's also a location which is used again quite a bit in Doctor Who. So again, with the, like the Cardiff Museum, you'll you'll the interior anyway. You will see that hallway and staircase. Yeah, many times again. I so. feel like is it. Is it one of the hallways in Torchwood? Oh, I can't. I can't speak for Torchwood. That's of of all the the Doctor Who universe. That's something I've like watched once when it came on, and then like never again. Oh, so I man. can't. I can't say for certain. You got a whole fun little trip in the future. Um, I'm sure I do. You do. Yeah. Um, I said a couple <laughs> of um, weeks back that Solomon's death by Dalek execution. Yes. was the coldest there had been so far in Doctor Who. Um, remind me, what was that one? That was when Solomon was like... Who was Solomon? Solomon was like the, the, the mayor of Hooverville. Hooverville. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I thought you said Whoville. And I was thinking, you know, like Horton, here's a who? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of that. Yeah, I'm the mayor of Whoville. <laughs> Right, no, but the, the Dalek... The Dalek's, I'm very tired. I know, I can tell. The Dalek um, goes... like He he does his big speech, and yeah, the Dalek remember, goes exterminate, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I remember. I think the coldest kill has been dethroned in this episode. Which one do you think it is? The man with his collection bucket outside the village hall. Oh, yeah. When he goes, spare a penny, and Bane just goes, you. I didn't spare you, and just shoots yeah. him outright. Good little comeback from Baines there. So witty and so quick. My fa- my favorite thing about that guy though, um, collecting the the change at the door was when Martha was storming in to like show the Doctor the sign of screwdriver, and he goes, "Ah, staff entrance, I think, Miss." <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, well, think again, mate." <laughs> oh martha i love you so much yeah she's so great she she comes in and she's like oh god it's all it's it's gone tits up now is the time i need to snap you out of this quick little thing about this village dance um sort of thing i i don't know if you ever watched it but there was a show on when this was airing called totally doctor who which was it was on cbbc it was like a kind of like kids like companion piece basically like behind the scenes stuff then they and they get like kids on to like play games and what as well like, as com- as well as confidential yeah it was totally different from confidential like confidential oh. was like doctor who behind the scenes but this was like ah like kids you love doctor who well we're gonna show you some cool monsters and <laughs> yeah and that kind of like kind of like blue Peter, but with like doctor who vibe sort of thing okay um and and they, what they would do is they'd have this segment where they'd get, like, guests on guests being, like, fans of Doctor Who, like, kids. And they'd have, like, fun little challenges and they'd win little prizes and whatever. And one of the fun, and the fun challenge, like, to tie into this episode was, oh, you, you they, the kids will split up into two teams and what they'll do is they'll direct a scene set at the village dance, okay? So you have to speak to all the extras in the background and tell them what to do whilst we're shooting this scene. And, like, one of the teams, they're like, yeah, we'll do it normal. We'll just have the extras drinking, dancing in the background, as you would on a film set. 
And the other team were like, well, that sounds boring. So what we're going to do is we're going to construct a whole story where this one guy, he finds out his girlfriend has been cheating on him. So she, so he comes in and confronts her and then they all have this big altercation argument. And then you had like them had to explain to the kids like, all right, so the reason that didn't work is because we're trying to film a scene here in a TV show <laughs> and we've got these extras having a whole other ongoing story in the background and it's just drawing focus away from the main story. And even at like 13, I was like, this is very funny just to watch these kids explain how, be explained like how the intricacies of extras work and like the subtlety of background artists and that type of stuff. It's very good and funny stuff. I think that show got cancelled um after like three seasons but it just sounds like it would slow down production on a massive degree oh it would massively yeah Yeah. but i i don't think there was like actually filming it was probably like set up for the show yeah but it was it was fun that is brilliant i love that (laughs) yeah very fun stuff i'm excited for doctor who to have more shit like that more silly silliness in pop culture yeah yeah if it does we don't know i i think it should do they seem to be going in that direction a bit more Yes, 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 yes. Um, so what happens? So Martha the gives do- the doctor a slap or gives John Smith a slap and he's like, wow. And Martha's like, is that you, doctor? And he's like, uh, you're dismissed. Thank oh, you. We're, yeah, we're a bit past that. We've gone to the dance now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she doesn't smack him at the thing, does she? Yeah, she smacks him. Oh, yeah. no, it's because she comes back in and she's like, right, seriously. Yeah, I know you just found us. I know you just got go. me, but you got yeah. We got to sort this out now, actually, and we get a little bit more racism from <laughs> this episode. Didn't have enough, obviously, so they were like, "Let's <laughs> yeah. just throw in a bit more racism." Let's throw in some cultural differences because mm. Martha does not understand books, I guess. Yeah. Oh, speaking of books, actually, there's um, the the family, <clears throat> the the family of blood are like looking for the doctor. Yeah, yeah. and they're like. <laughs> This is just such a like a, a staple of the fucking era that this was like filmed in, but they were like, they were like, we need to find anything we can out about this like John Smith fella or something, and so they, their answer was just to tip books off the shelf. Well, no, like one of <laughs> one of these books on the floor might have the answer. But... <laughs> well, no, what's happening is Jenny, mother of mine, Jenny, rest in peace, is like actually looking at the book she's pulling off. She's like taking one off the shelf, looking at it, dropping it. Taking one off the shelf, looking at it, dropping it. But Bane, son of mine, he's just literally knocking them off like a cat knocking something off your shelf. <laughs> just one after the other, not even looking at what the book is. Just tip, 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 tip. And it's very funny. It is I very funny. I do, I do like it. Um, but yeah, uh, we get the cliffhanger. There's not much else happens. Yes. Maid or matron. Yeah, um, which is pretty wild. Um, I genuinely, truthfully... Have no idea. And also, what I like about this scenario is the TARDIS won't be there to save him, and the Doctor doesn't know what the sonic screwdriver is. So, how will he actually get out of this one? Can I remember how this is resolved? You don't want to. Don't think about it. Just experience next week. <clears throat> All right. We're in, like, we're in like two days. Or yeah. <laughs> when we have to this, watch this. <laughs> this, episode, this episode is coming out tomorrow, which is Thursday, and it is now. Like three days past when it was supposed to come out. Yeah. So. Oops. Yeah. Oopsie whoopsie. Oopsie doopsie. Um, we did a little fucky wucky. It did. Uh, Never I, I haven't got anything else. You got anything else? Um. Do I have anything else? Um. 
yes, I do. Just uh, let's say a few quick little things, shall we? Mm. Um, one one moment, I think it's where uh, Jenny is about to be turned into mother of mine. Um, brilliant fucking line, which kills me every time from Baines, where he just goes, "Shut up, stop talking, cease and desist." There's a good girl. <laughs> Just all in one breath. That is again the delivery flawless. It's so good. That's a good girl. Such a good actor. Um, Yeah, that's the only little thing I have. So yeah, let's do some little things. You just wanted to say that one little thing. Well, I thought I had more, but then I saw my next one is Weirdo of the Week. So I'll I'll save that for this segment, which is called Weirdo of the Week. If you don't stop dancing, I'm going to shoot you like a man checking his pennies. Lawrence, this is our segment of the show and everyone's favourite segment where we get a chance to look back, celebrate some of the weird and wonderful and grubby little characters who come across our screens each and every week whilst we're watching Doki Who. Lawrence, please, please tell me. I am hanging out to know who is your weirdo for this week. So I'm going to change it up a little bit this week. Oh my God. I know. Strap in, everyone. Um... I have two candidates for weirdos because of the same situation. I'll allow it. And I would like you to choose who's the weirder one. And they, oh, okay. and they will enter the weirdo while the other one will be excused. Interesting. Okay. The scenario is the Looney Tunes absurd scenario. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, is the weirdo here? I thought you was a little cagey about it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up, stop talking, season to season, there's a good girl. <laughs> um, so... Who is weirder in this scenario? The mother who willingly walks her baby's pram under a dangling piano. I don't think she notices it. Well, she... Then look. (laughs) It's a Looney Tunes setup. (laughs) Or the man who dangles a piano with a single rope. All right, I can put poke holes in both of these, man. <laughs> but you haven't. You can't. You can't. You don't get. It's, you don't have time. It's not a single rope. It's, a, it's, it's like, like a pulley system. I get it. Yeah, it's all knotted and stuff. I've been to the scouts, Nathan. I know what a knot is. Right. <laughs> well, then you should know then that I wouldn't be he's... pulling off this maneuver. Your answer, right. please, Nathan. Um, well, they're both. If I'm being honest with you, not great options. Yeah. All right. I didn't have a lot this week. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Let's say the guy in the piano. All right, he enters my. He's my weirdo. Great! What a fun weirdo. Thank to you. Who is week. your weirdo? My weirdo for this week is one Mister John Smith. Okay. Himself. Okay. Um, now I had to look this up, um, and I looked into it. Um, hair gel was invented in 1929. Okay. <laughs> Brill cream was the first hair gel company came out and that product was not produced until 1929. Okay. This episode is produced in is set in 1913. What the fuck is John Smith putting on his hair? <laughs> okay. That's Might what be I'm good old fashioned grease. Might be just cum. All oh, right. Geez. What is he putting on there, Lawrence? All right. Not that. He's he's putting something on there. Jesus. And it's sticking up. Ink, all right. ink from his journal. And his scribblings. 
It'd be dyed black then if that was the case. Well, that's why he's wearing. Maybe it, maybe he got away with it for a while. Then it dyed its black, and he was like, "Fuck! I need a I need a tight brimmed hat." And he put that hat on, and that's why. You really are tired, aren't you? I'm fucking so tired, man. Yeah, I can tell. You're not making sense anymore. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Um, all right, yeah, nice one. I respect it. He's always got to have his signature look, but I guess he shouldn't, technically. Well, yeah, he doesn't, because he'll... Like, the doctor will switch up his look when he goes somewhere. He'll go to 1950, he'll do a different hairstyle. Yeah, see, ten. the Tenth Doctor is living in an era where he knows what hair gel is. Maybe... Maybe he was like, I'm going to have to rewrite all of my cells. And then he quickly just slipped in a pot of hair gel into his blazer <laughs> pocket. Just put a, put a tub of brill cream yeah. into Yeah, and so when he, when he, like, landed... I like that we don't ever see that, by the way, because the the mind yeah, boggles how does on that how work? that setup happened. Yeah. <laughs> Martha's, he's like, what's this big room? And Martha's like, come on, let's leave this thing, <laughs> leave this box. And then she takes him home somewhere and just fucking punches him so he forgets everything. I imagine he'd be passed out. Afterwards, oh, Martha's got to probably put him in like a wheelbarrow and shit. Yeah, it's got to like drag him. Here's a question as well, which I should have brought up. When did he film that vlog? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess you're correct. <laughs> that maybe he was like Martha because it's like the episode opens with them very much on the run, and then he has the idea to change into a human, and then he changes into a human. And then at some point, he records a whole video for Martha explaining that he's changed himself well, into a human. The TARDIS has got that big wardrobe upstairs, right? Upstairs or downstairs in one of the locations. Yeah. Um, and maybe he's like, Martha, go upstairs. There's a maid outfit. Don't ask any questions. <laughs> Let me just set up this camera real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. You, you go get yourself into that. No, no, no. It's fine. No, you won't be in an unpleasant scenario. It's fine. Um, and then I'll, I'll do a vlog. Maybe that's one. Yeah, I don't think that happened. And no, it's tough to say. Um, yeah. I guess it's just one of them things. <laughs> I guess it is. We'll never I know. guess we'll, we'll never know. We never shout. Uh, but that's the okay. answer is The answer is we're not supposed to think about it. I mean, that is, yeah, that is literally the answer. Yeah. Um, lovely stuff, Nathan. Uh, well, next week, I have to inform you that we'll be doing this podcast again. <laughs> And it will be coming out. I, you see, I just knew that. You you got into the fucking another happy pod vibe, didn't you? And you was just like, next week we're doing this. Yeah. And then you realized halfway through, oh, we don't do that on this one. <laughs> That's what happened there. Right, shut up, shut up. Let me do this. Let me... <laughs> oh, God. Right. For anyone uh, at home, it's just coming up to 1 a.m. Yeah. in the morning. Fucking hell. Um, and we've been recording podcasts since 9pm. So. It's no good, man. It's no good. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, new <laughs> episodes of this show come out every single Monday at 10am. Apart, <laughs> apart from this one. Apart from this one. Don't worry yeah. about this one. Yeah. This comes up. This is a nice midweek treat. Yeah. If you're listening on a Thursday. to this, the next one will be out Monday at 10am. Oh, I didn't read out tweets. Let me read out some tweets real quick. Sorry. Oh, fuck. <sighs> People tweeted them. I have to read them out. Okay. Um, so I said two weeks ago, obviously, if you have any thoughts on the episode, come and give them out. Um, where are we? All right. So Diane Evans, uh, again, possibly Dion Evans. Please let me know because I keep fucking that up and I don't know which one's the right one. I'm pretty sure it's um, pronounced Dijon Mustard. Lawrence, fuck off. <laughs> um, maybe. 
<laughs> Dion or Dion says, maybe the best two-parter in Ten's run. Not sure what is as good as the performances in this. Very true. Very, uh, I probably agree. It's it's definitely up there. Um, everything is anything at everything is any uh, on Twitter says this is definitely Martha's best episode. I feel like this is one of the first times in New Who where the companion becomes the Doctor in the way. Uh, I definitely agree with mm. one of Martha's best. I think she does a really good performance in this episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I like the. She does fall into the Doctor role. She's the one that knows more for a change. Yeah, that's that's a good point actually. Yeah, very good. Um, and then at Damn the Lamb uh, on Twitter also says probably my favorite Doctor Who two-parter. Incredible work from everyone involved, especially Freeman and David. So just lots of praise all around because we we said as well it's a it's a great episode. Probably one of the most highly regarded of this era. For sure, really. this yeah, is yeah, yeah. definitely up there. Um, I think it's more so because of next week because. Like we said, performances this week, great. Next week, fucking you should oh, wait. Man. I remember them being on a different level. Yeah. Yeah. Next week we get some really good stuff to, to sink our teeth into. And hopefully we won't be as tired when we discuss it. <laughs> oh, we've touched on it all here, to be fair, I think. We'd, we'd... Consider that we'll we've see. already had this conversation once. Well, not most of it. Yeah, I know. We only got about 20 minutes in or so. Nathan, shush. Right, Lawrence. This has been another happy pod. Oh, yes, he's I have been Nathan. You have been a cunt, and, our t- and our... we are going to bed. Yeah, our Twitter is at Still Got Legs Pod. Give Nathan an email if you want. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>